0: I am Dr. Back, president of MDX & Co. This is a new social and economic pack for the dental industry. Ministry face many challenges. In this time of crisis, the challenges has risen all at once and now we can ignore them anymore. Everything is too clear, everything is painful and they all need to be addressed right away. The COVID crisis has put everything on pause. As dentists, we were the first one who has to respond to that pause. The emergency, it's barely to the minimum, it's about 5%, even less of our care. So many have been shut down for more or less three or four weeks now. This has brought to my attention all the challenges that my profession faces. I try to comfort my team, I try to fight for them, to give them some resources. Then I try to fight for my peers, working with the associations and with the organization in place, while we understood that we were left aside. And on top of it, we don't have the sympathy of the population. In this unique time of crisis, we had an article coming out explaining our position and explaining also that we have been left uh, with nothing. And the population raised a voice against us. This is why, while I am talking to my colleagues and myself, We have personal testimony of patients how are you guys doing, you need help. On a day-to-day basis, I think that we are appreciated by the people that we treat, but in a broader sense, I don't think that the population likes dentists that much. And this is a huge PR problem. What we see, the governments sorry too, we lost our voice and our leverage. To be honest, the dental industry has been an independent world until lately, especially in Canada. It's hard for our small team to rise up, to make a difference. At this stage, we need something wider, something bolder to raise up. We we'll have to listen to the population well. They're saying that we've been too expensive for too long. What they don't get, it's we have many a hospital to run. It's all coming back to the fact that we have too much infrastructure on the ground. And by the time that this crisis will unpause, all those infrastructure will have to be upgraded all at once to now face a new standard post COVID. Who's gonna pay for it? So when you think of it, dental fees will be even more expensive. That doesn't make sense. Nobody will be happy about it. So that's coming back to the fact that we have to learn to come as an industry and start sharing resources, not just get more to debt, have our own resource, and operate them about a quarter of the time. So this crisis brought to my attention that what we're doing here is not just commerce. It's not just try to gain market share. It's a way to reform an industry in crisis and that faces more than one challenge. We need leadership, we need vision, and also we need the will to make a difference. Hi everyone, welcome back to the office. It's been a while. It's been two months and uh, We all survive until now. COVID has caused a lot of trouble to the world. And as promised, we'll be sharing with you, uh, with our colleagues around the world, what is the situation, what we learn, and uh, what's ahead. Without further ado, I would like to welcome all my alpha colleagues here. So, from the person on my screen, so there's no preference here, I have Dr. Julio Refanage, who will be standing for Peru. Dr. Pavel Krastev, standing for United States, New York. Dr. Doug Lamdo will be standing for Canada, Quebec. Dr. Pretender Singh will be standing for India. I'm sorry, I don't know the state of where you're from. Dr. Eric Pover will be standing for United States, for the state of Illinois. Dr. Lidlina Lucevite will be standing for Luciana. Uh, Dr. Paul Wallet will be standing for Florida and Georgia. Dr. Maria Kustader will be standing for Missouri and Dr. Paul Dominique will be standing for Georgia, but right now he is traveling around the world. To all my friends, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And um, without further ado, let's start. My first question to all of you is, how's it been going? Dr. Refanaji, would you like to start?
1: for the invitation and right now we are starting we are reassuming our duties over here in Peru many of the doctors right here are doing the same and uh, what we found is uh, that uh, many many things have changed since since this pandemic starts so the relationship between the doctor to doctor way that we are trying to do and the way we are relating to each other has is, is we can yeah, and make a, a real change because we are caring for each other and we are trying to reach our patients with much better protocols. And uh, we have a uh, uh, little bit more concern about the patients and the patient's health and how we can relate also to uh, to doctors. To, to medical doctors. So um, the idea is to make uh, a, it's like unite a little bit more. And that's the way we are all looking at the, uh, the, this pandemic uh, uh, right now here in Peru. And but how is it in Peru? Are you, are you
0: in still in confinement? Sorry? How is it in Peru? Are you still in confinement?
1: Yeah, no, not yet. We, uh, but, uh, well, uh, today we are in confinement. Only the Sundays we have confinement. Um, But uh, every day you you can go to work from Monday to Saturday. And uh, not only uh, till 11 p.m. So 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. You have to be at home uh, by the government. The government Mm -hmm. said that. So that we are having is it's partial uh, uh, partial confinement. So the idea is, but we have many many problems. We because Peru was was very high in the in the, in the rates of of, of that way that disease has has developed right here in Peru. So now right now the numbers are are falling a little bit apart. So what we are trying is to uh, still uh, keep the confinement and keep all that we can and all the, the measures that we need to have uh, protect to all of us and our patients also.
0: Thank you, Julio. Um, if we're moving now to the United States, the state of New York, Dr. Krastev, you'd like to give us uh, an update of your situation.
2: got uh, hit very hard. We got decimated here. We, we had probably some of the worst numbers uh, across the country. Uh, and now we have several hotspots in Brooklyn and uh, several hotspots in the city uh, that are uh, uh, being uh, restricted, I guess. Uh, so, uh, but we're back to work. Uh, uh, it's difficult. Patients uh, react uh, with the same anxiety that I think we react as clinicians. Uh, it's a, a little bit of a different world that we're all doing our best to adjust. But one thing I must say is, uh, uh, you know, throughout this crisis, uh, we came together, and I salute all colleagues, all all healthcare professionals that that everyone came together, and I didn't hear too many people complaining. So I think as a profession as a whole, we did very uh, uh, well in uh, considering the circumstances. And then, uh, the, uh, of course, uh, uh, continuing education changed, uh, life changed, dentistry changed, and I wanna uh, uh, express special uh, thanks to Dr. Keanu Shah and Global Summits for pivoting so quickly and responding and essentially bringing continuing education and doctors together across the globe and other healthcare professionals. And uh, you know, it, it makes the pain that much easier uh, having said that, you uh, in New York, uh, I mean, my brother-in-law is a uh, critical care pulmonologist, and I spoke with him yesterday, and uh, he's uh, saying that the numbers uh, in Brooklyn, where he practices in the hospital, are starting to jump up again. Not ridiculously, uh, but they are climbing up again. And for a while, it was quiet. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention, you know, uh, we have to really address our younger colleagues out here. Uh, You know, you guys have to be strong. You have to be. Uh, Uh, open to uh, um, uh, learning, to joining uh, people like ourselves, who believe in teamwork, who believe in joining uh, all colleagues across the globe together, so we can be stronger in dentistry, so we can be united, and so that we can essentially share the pain of what this uh, 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 dynamic monster called the COVID-19 is doing to the world. And uh, I want to touch up on this point and I I, I like to talk about this in the different lectures I've done and and seminars, but here's the point. COVID is a situation that is dynamic. It is changing every day. Uh, It's not a static event that occurs or occurred yesterday, and we can all sort of move on and heal, uh, uh, as Dr. Bach likes to say, to heal from the event and move forward. So, it's extremely difficult. Uh, I think we're doing our best. I think we have to be positive. We have to focus on, uh, the, again, joining our hands together, doing the right thing to protect ourselves and each other and our colleagues and our patients. And having said that, I'm going to kind of leave it in snow that you know I notice in my practice, we're running at about 50% capacity. Why? Uh, first of all, I have a small practice. So we, we never really run on high capacity, but now we're doing half of that. So why? Uh, we need to sanitize each room before every patient with UV lights running, with this, with that. We, I mean, uh, you know, we're using standard precautions uh, on steroids, all right? So uh, this is what's going on. Some patients are very understanding. Uh, have we had problems with particular patients that get upset at the fact that uh, uh, we are taking extra precautions and they feel like they're being singled out? Yes, we've had that problem with her several times. And we assure our patients that really, whatever we're doing is uh, healthcare providers, we're doing it uh, in their best interest. So it's a difficult time for all of us. But uh, again, uh, uh, Global Summits and Dr. Bach and all of us together sitting here, we're doing great things together. We're trying to uh, share our knowledge and our friendships and extend them to uh, all of you colleagues out there in the world. So uh, I'm glad to be here and thank you for the invitation.
0: Thank you, Pavel. <laughs> Dr. Jeremy Krell, Krell will be standing for United States, the state of New Jersey, and uh, he, he asked not to appear on the screen, but he was, from the beginning, one of uh, our founders, the most contributing. So, Dr. Krell, you have the mic.
3: Yeah, so just in brief, uh, and thank you for having me because a lot has been said for the U.S. and and that stands for New Jersey as well, Um, we are probably seeing about, um, you know, roughly uh, 70% capacity in in dental offices Um, out here, maybe uh, maybe a little less, a little more depending on the offices, you know, individual culture and, and normal capacity. Um, we, you know, U.S. has, has seen about 210,000, you know, deaths or so already, which is, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty high compared to the rest of the world and millions uh, impacted. Um, so, so you have a lot. Bro- testing is broader, but you know, still not, uh, you know, rolled out uh, or done uh, nearly as well as some other countries are doing it. Uh, so these are these are kind of some of the things that we're we're struggling with now. Uh, I think you know a couple interesting tidbits. Uh, the American Dental Association just published its um, study done uh, to show that less than 1% of dentists in the United States are actually contra- that they know of are actually contracting uh, COVID themselves. So it does seem like the, the PPE um, usage by dentists has been, has been pretty protective. I think that's probably all the buzz this past week um, in, in dental media in the, in the U.S., 'm um, saying so I think that's a that's a pretty big' piece. celebrate this
0: one It's
4: it's our first win here well jeremy if you, if you don't mind me um interjecting you know i think really that's because you know we uh, in especially in the us you know since the 80s we have uh, mastered uh, infection control so um, it, it just I, I saw that that same you know same article you know less than one percent of dentists uh, have contracted COVID. and i think you know in north america we've just done an exceptional job with infection control dating back to the A- HIV epidemic. So sorry to interject, but you know, I just you know this is we have that tradition there, you know, in the US, you
3: know. Right. And and so that, that element has been done done really well. Uh, so I think I think that's really kind of grounds for for celebration for sure. Um, I think I think another um, another element is you know I work a lot on the B2B side of dentistry, uh, so helping you know kind of companies with dental products and dental software to reach dentists. That 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 el- ability to reach dentists has been has been you know kind of something that's waxed and waned throughout the uh, throughout the the pandemic. Um, you know, initially when everybody was sort of in chaos, uh, it was impossible to reach anybody. Uh, you know, then there was this explosion of continuing education and webinars, and that provided an avenue to reach folks, Uh, you know, and now things have kind of returned to a, I'll call it a new normal, um, you know, where I think uh, webinars have tired a little bit, uh, and so we're returning back to some of the, you know, the recent tactics uh, to, to reach providers, but we're still not able to gather safely in person, right, those dental conventions that, really comprise a big part of dentistry and the culture among providers in the U.S. are not able to happen in person. They're still virtual or uh, I think in the beginning of 2021, what we're going to start to see is some of those gatherings start to happen, but outdoors if, if they can, uh, it's obviously cold, but as the spring and the, and the summer roll around, you might see some more outdoor uh, events that do allow professionals to gather safely. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and exchange new ideas. So I think, I think that's, what's kind of on the, on the horizon from my perspective. Thanks, Dr. Bach and everybody.
5: A special series, the innovators from his words, Ron Klein is an ordinary man. But his innovative ideas have changed the world he is the inventor of the magnetic strip on the credit card credit card validity checking system and the developer of computerized systems for real estate mls multiple listing services voice response for the banking industry and bond quotation and trade information for the new york stock exchange don't miss its premiere october 31 at 11 am Streaming live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. A special series, The Innovators. Welcome to the Alphas.
0: COVID-19 has left us naked. We have our pants down and we won't prepare. And we are also in an industry that is very conservative. It's very hard to push it further. There's a lot of red tapes, risk, risk management. With this crisis, we have to change our ways, especially dentists. Everything cannot happen in an hour. Not everything, but everything we can get out of the dentist should get out of the chair. At the light of this crisis, we also know that sometimes it's better to keep a distance from a patient. The solution is obvious. We have to invest heavily into which telemedicine is doing at this stage. We have to make sure that the legal also follows. But this will be, in MDIC's way, the means to get the profession cheaper. The population has raised their voice saying that we're too expensive. We're going to change all of that. But what we're willing to do as MDX is to lead the wave of telemedicine and to cut the fees to the minimum. We're going to be accessible. We're going to be there to rebuild that trust. We're going to be there to create that bond that is missing. I'm Dr. Back, CEO and founder of MDX. I'll be there to answer all your questions. I'm more than open to discuss our ideas and also improvements upon them. And I will take a few minutes to thank the people who support us, our patient, our staff, and especially our mentors. Those are the people who has brought the experience on board, who has helped us to believe in our own ideas and to push further. I'm Dr. Back, CEO and founder of MDEX. Hopefully, we'll be partners soon. Now, I'd like to move forward to Canada. To, uh, Dr. Do, you'll be speaking for Canada, for Canada since I am the host. So, Dr. Do, would you like to give us an update about the situation where you are?
6: Thank you, Dr. Back, And uh, just to follow up with what the, the, Dr. Krell said, um, definitely that's one thing that we miss. Um, and I'm sure all of you here do miss that, the meetings that we have in person, conventions um, and whatnot, all of those congresses. It's, uh, for a culture, it's been part of uh, you know, what we do. And uh, I guess the transition was, uh, especially with global summits and what you guys are doing with the partners and everything. So that's, uh, it adds to it, but uh, nothing really can beat uh, what we did, what we used to do, right, uh, in person. I mean, in our, on, on our part in Canada, there have obviously been a resurgence in cases. Um, here, particular in Quebec, it's uh, pretty much uh, where we got it the worst uh, in in all of Canada. Um, we're still practicing at the office with the same protocols that we uh, we had. You know, I mean, back there in June when we uh, kind of reopened, if I might say, you know, seeing uh, regular patients, uh, but very thoroughly screened, you know, I mean, they're, they're screened uh, three times, you know, when, when take the appointment 24 hours before plus when they show up, you know, and we think as dental professionals, we should be really proud of what we're, we're doing with regards to those, um, you know, disinfection and pro and, and sterilization protocols I mean, the patients come in, I've got a friend, uh, his daughter needed to go to the emergency room the hospital yesterday, and you should have seen the, the state of that room that welcomed her, it was a mess. And none of you would accept, you know, um, a room that would be messy receiving a patient. Right. And uh, one thing's for sure is that that's definitely something that we're very, very fond upon and we're really, you know, uh, doing things that need to be done, you know, um, standard of care. Um, But those basic steps for some reason have been, uh, you know, uh, somehow missed, but can't blame anybody. I mean, we're obviously comparing two different uh, healthcare systems, but uh, still, totally unacceptable. And um, yeah, I mean, we see now we're at the point where Halloween's coming. Don't even know what's going to happen with that. Poor kids. Um, I have a young daughter; she's seven. It's pretty sad for them. You know, looking at them go to school, their mask with a little banana bag that that uh, that was kind of in the trend. 20 years ago, you remember those banana bags that you got there on your belt with the mask, you have hand sanitizer, you know, you look at kids and start to go to school, daycare. Um, but that's that's what we're facing at this point. And um, like uh, Dr. Cresta said, I mean, it's, it's a dynamic situation. We'll see what's going on next few weeks, next, I mean, two days even. Um, governing bodies are doing the best they can to stay on top of that. But it's definitely not an easy task. I mean, looking at what everyone's doing and what's going on in the world, they're they can only adapt to a certain point. But uh, everywhere is different, and we can just hope that everybody contributes and does uh, what they need to be done um, responsibly. So that's a bit where we're at here uh, in Quebec. I mean, we're, I'm glad uh, that we can get practice. I'm glad we have the confidence of the patients, you know, who come in to see us. Obviously. Uh, Certain people are still uh, adamant and and, uh, they're afraid to even get their dental care done. But I don't know for you, I've been more busy than than ever in the last three months. Um, I've never seen so many cases of, you know, jaw joint issues, broken down teeth. It's been really, really hectic. I'm sure, uh, Maria, you've got uh, a lot of consultations in those aspects and uh, trying to triage and see how they can be taken care of. Uh, but uh, you know, mostly grateful that you know patients who come in, they they do believe in us, they have confidence in what we do, uh, and they trust us to be seen safely. So that's a bit it uh, on our part. Thank you, Dr. Ba.
0: Thank you, Dr. Duke. This uh, it's great news and uh, great hope. Now um, I'm, I'm moving forward with the map. The people appear on my screen, so we're going to go to India, on the other side of the planet. Professor Putinus Singh. Thank you for being with us, and please enlighten us about your situation over there.
7: Big hello to all. It's always a pleasure to talk uh, with Dr. Bak regarding his good ideas, to talk with the globe. Uh, see, uh, talking of COVID and its impact, I'm not so happy talking about it. Since, uh, you know, uh, as Pavel and uh, you know Dr. Duke and Jeremy just mentioned how we used to meet each other at the conferences, everything has been put to a stop for a while, we are being virtual. But still, let's come to the positive aspect. Uh, we are doing everything virtual. We are not stopping uh, in sharing of our knowledge uh, through our webinars through uh, various platforms, uh, being dentist, and since we all are here are uh, r- related to health, we are not away from each other. Right now, right now I feel that I'm sitting amongst you uh, in a conference, uh, like in a conference, except a cup of coffee together. Uh, I can still feel in person. So uh, if we talk of uh, the daily scenario, it's like a mini war going all over the world mini war in the sense that, yeah, as Duke said, that uh, uh, kids getting sanitizers, some, you know, bags, uh, like bandana bags. Yes, we have sanitizers. We have uh, uh, masks. Then, yeah, everyone is, uh, uh, you know, driving or pedaling or walking with the masks on. It's like a mini war. We are fighting with something. That's... And... Uh, yeah, there is fear amongst people which is going away slowly because uh, people are getting to know how to deal with it. And coming to dental practice, if we say things were bad initially, but now we have started uh, giving treatments with the proper uh, care since past three months. And I would again uh, say that I am seeing more patients in these three months I'm seeing a lot of uh, trauma cases in these three months. Yes, and very true. I have given five, six uh, uh, rehabilitation uh, treatment to patients with TMJ disorders, and the reason is uh, the stress about their jobs. That was the reason they gave me that we are stressed about when working at home, and uh, you know. So uh, I was happy to give them a treatment for their TMJ disorders and TMJ-related pain. Uh, feel very good about it and uh, uh, if we like to say uh, i have one patient's confidence in my clinic the patients are uh, you know seeing the paraphernalia right now what i'm using in terms of sterilization and disinfection the patients are getting more and more faith in me they are in, not, not only me i would say every dentist every uh, every surgeon who's working in a clinic with a lot of, uh, you know, added invest- investments in related to sterilization and more disinfection related to COVID, they, they are getting more attracted to you in terms of uh, treatment. They feel they are safe. They, are, they're, they're, they don't feel uh, awkward coming to your clinic. Uh, now they know that before entering the clinic, they have to do this X, Y, Z, and follow all the principles to, uh, you know, fight this infection. They are really impressed by what we are offering, and you know, uh, uh, if everybody agrees to me, we are working very close to the infected uh, zone. The oral cavity is uh, infected. If we talk of COVID, we are very close to it. It's through you know transmission of uh, saliva and through transmission of aerosols. We are we are working very close. So if 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 I initially said it's a mini war, I would say we are great warriors. Uh, Nothing to boast of. I feel proud to work. To get, and initially I was a bit, uh, you know, three months back. I you, uh, before starting a treatment, I used to plan how I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, deal with this case in terms of sterilization, disinfection, everything. Now it's my daily regime. Now it's my daily. I have to deal with every patient the same. I am very confident. I don't think of COVID uh, that that it is coming into my mind and haunting my treatment. Not at all. I'm being brave. I, I got absorbed. Uh, you know, this thing is absorbed in my blood now. That I have to work hard. I have to deal with this COVID. We have to build patients' confidence. So, you know, things are getting better. And today's news in India, uh, we have a positive news from the survey we had. Uh, the today's survey on national TV. It said COVID is going to go away uh, in, uh, majorly by February 2021. Still four months to go, five months to go. I'm really hopeful it goes out globally. So that's about it, we'll talk more. Thank you, Dr. Back.
0: Thank you for the hope and the confidence that we see. <laughs> um, now we are moving forward to uh, Dr. Lina Ducevite and she's from lutiana Dr. Lina, would you like to enlighten us on the situation in lutiana
8: First of all, uh, good evening once more to all of you guys. It's my huge pleasure to be here with you. Um, When talking about the COVID situation in Lithuania, um, right now the situation is getting step-by-step increasingly worse actually, Uh, before we were doing quite well. Uh, in spring in summer Um, but right now we have elections so no one is doing anything (laughs) in fear of taking uh, some unpopular decisions Um, so it's a bit difficult to describe Uh, right now we have around over uh, 250 cases per 100 thousand um, people, uh, so it's much more because in summer we had probably two cases for uh, 100,000 uh, people. Uh, so it's getting worse, but I would say that people are getting more and more used to the idea of COVID and are simply allowing themselves to act a bit more free. Uh, but uh, even though we are getting more and more cases, the death rate is really, really low. So actually me, myself, I had COVID. I did experience it in the spring, but my experience was rather harsh. Uh, in my my guess is that simply uh, the virus is getting a bit weaker uh, because as uh, every parasite in nature uh, its goal is to survive right so if the virus would be extremely deadly um, it 's he itself or yeah, the virus itself wouldn't last that long, so it's um, not useful for the virus to kill everyone um, anyway, I think that the changes are really close uh, in politics dealing with this situation. Um, when having our work in mind, uh, firstly, we had to work with all the extra equipment and right now we are working as before, actually. We do use some extra um, safety. Uh, more, We have more changeable uh, gear on us. And we have air purifiers and, but basically we're working pretty normal, in pretty normal flow. Uh, In the summer, we had extremely busy time. Patients were, we were probably working in, well, not two times, but one and a half time, certainly capacity. Uh, We had a lot, lot, lot of work right now things are calming down and actually people are uh, hoping, maybe not hoping, but guessing for next uh, lockdown after elections. So they're really uh, careful in starting their treatment uh, because, you know, I will get my impressions taken and then they won't give me my teeth. (laughs) So they're a bit cautious about this. So yeah, I think that the situation is getting a bit worse, but we are simply managing it uh, better. And um, when having in mind the general world situation with COVID, uh, I would say that I'm so proud for all of my colleagues around the world because we are in an extremely uncomfortable um, and the situation which is constantly changing. It's very um, unstable ground. And all the dentists, of course, we had, and some of us still are experiencing uh, loads of stress because of the still changing situation about our work. And we don't know how long we are going to be able to work, uh, whether the situation will change or is there going to be another lockdown or, will they get sick? And um, if nevertheless, people are still passionately driven to improve their knowledge, to take part in all of the webinars, to do webinars by themselves, to uh, communicate with people, doctors uh, across the world. And because uh, general medics, (laughs) uh, they're really useful in battling this uh, disease this virus so for them you know they're really the heroes right now and we are sort of like yeah we're doctors (laughs) we would like to help but only this much what we can do but still um i think that dentists are coping with this situation really great and I would like to encourage everyone to stay uh, on this positive ground, and I think that you are doing great in general.
0: Thank you so much for your resilience and your positivity. I think, on that, Dr. Krastev, you have to apologize because our younger colleagues are doing better than
5: we are. <laughs>
2: Well, uh, look, statistically speaking and realistically speaking, uh, when we look uh, upon the whole COVID situation, we all, I think, can agree uh, that uh, uh, the older you are and the uh, more uh, of conditions, the medical conditions which you may have, you know, the likelihood of uh, contracting the disease and having uh, or sometimes fatal complications is uh, rather serious. The younger that uh, the colleagues are, uh, uh, the younger that uh, again, my kids, your kids, our kids, uh, the children in America and the world, you know, the younger they are, their immune systems are healthier, and uh, they seem um, to um, to handle the virus, uh, you know, uh, in an easier manner than some of us older folks. I mean, me I, and I speak for myself. The anxiety level when I go to work is tremendous. And here is why. I mean, uh, we all respect uh, social distancing, and we all respect wearing masks at least i do uh it's not uh, no one is forcing me to do it no one is telling me what to do but i think it's the responsible thing to do but the point is this no matter how much we follow the general rules of social distancing when we go to work in our office every day you know that that rule goes down down tubes because we're following our protocols but yet we're sitting there with all the vapors we're sitting there with you know, literally in each other's faces, and we have no choice. So, you know, we have to, we have to look at the whole economy, the whole country, the whole world, and then understand that different professions will carry different risks, even if we do everything right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, us dentists and healthcare professionals, we, 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 can't, we can't work from home and uh, do our jobs only in the virtual world of computers and cyberspace. Most of us have to actually uh, 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 go, to, go to our offices and, and do what we do for patients. So having said that, for those that, uh, that, that have uh, pivoted from traveling back and forth from work, it's one thing. Uh, for those of us who do teledentistry and telemedicine, again, it depends on what do you do. An example, my in-laws are internal medicine doctors they can do telemedicine a lot better than I can do teledentistry. Why? Because for me, there's nothing, I mean, I I, I can speak to a patient and say, well, take two Tylenols, call me in the morning, but until I go in the office and expose the patient and myself and our staff to the risks involved, we have no choice. We, we, you know, this is what we have to do. I mean, you cannot be a cardiologist and place stents when someone is having a heart attack via telemedicine. So even though I believe in uh, telemedicine and, tele- and it's got huge potential in the future, uh, some professions we have no choice. We have to go in the trenches and, and do what we're doing. Perhaps uh, uh, increase the risk factors, unfortunately, because we have no other choice. Uh, so uh, again, this 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 whole um, uh, COVID situation, in my opinion depends on what line of work you do. And we all pitch in to do our best to limit the contagion, to limit the spread. We wear masks, I certainly do. Uh, When I go to the store, I wear a mask. I try to still, even with my mask, stay six feet away from people. Sometimes people get upset at me and they say, well, why are you looking at me crooked? Because I said, you're sitting right on my ear. I mean, I have a mask, you have a mask. But still, when there's room, when there is uh, um, the possibility of keeping a little more distance amongst each other, for our mutual benefit and the benefit of the countries in the world, you know, let's do it. It's not that difficult. And so we have to unite, we have to be together, and we have to do our best individually to pitch in and to sort of control this uh, this monster that's uh, literally destroying our lives and, and the futures of our kids and what they're going through. It's difficult times, guys. So, so uh, you know, yeah, that's my opinion on
0: that. Thank you, Pavel. Uh, with this, let's move forward to one of our youngest colleagues, <laughs> Paul, Dr. Wallet. Uh, we we started this together about six months ago, and we weren't sure about the future of our profession. And then uh, we got along. People start to mobilize. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of hope here from all around the world, and um, I'd like to know your your take on this. Also, uh, you'll be standing for Florida and Georgia. So uh, please update us about your situation. Dr. Wallet, you have the
5: floor.
9: Esteemed colleagues, thank you so much for including me as the youngest uh, panel member here. Um, Now I'm, I'm going backwards with the age. I've already reached the summit and now I'm gonna go 50, 49, 48, and so on. But anyways, thank you. Uh, I wanted to give you an update on my uh, two boys so I can tell you about Florida and I can tell you about Georgia. Uh, In the Orlando area, my son, uh, Jonathan, is an implant doctor. uh, And um, I went to visit him because I needed a root canal and a crown, first one I've ever had, a root canal. And so, uh, I get into the parking lot of his office and I had a double park. There was no parking in his office. He needed valet parking because everybody was so happy that he opened the office that they were coming in, you know, to get their work done. And so he has continued to be that busy and uh, Florida might've been one of the earlier States to open up. So that's probably why he was doing so well. My other boys, an orthodontist in uh, Jacksonville and, um, he's more conservative than Jonathan. So he was very, very careful. He had a positive COVID test. And so then he uh, calls me up and says, well, dad, would you come cover? Cause I've got to, you know, take two weeks off. So I went in and covered and got to work for him. And uh, the patients there were so happy to, to come in. It ended up that he took three other tests and they all were um, negative. So he had a false positive, but he was uh, very careful, you know, so he wouldn't expose anybody in case he did have it. So everybody in the family was just so worried because uh, you know how the media blows everything up. And so I started reading on uh, what are some of the cures and some of the things that protect us as dentists. And one of the things, um, when I went through the uh, AIDS uh, air uh, 25, 30 years ago, the same thing, exact thing happened. You couldn't get uh, denti- or patients to come to your office and feel safe. And back then, T-cells were the... Uh, things in the news, you know, how many T-cells you have. So uh, some of the articles that I've read is that as dentists in our profession being exposed to all these uh, varmints every uh, day we work, uh, we probably have an immunity just from our T-cell level uh, and not necessarily the antibodies for the uh, COVID. Uh, I just had a physical about three weeks ago, and the doctor couldn't believe how good my heart was and my blood pressure, 53 bits uh, my resting was 53. That's almost dead. And um, so I had a test and I have not been exposed to it yet. So I don't know if it's the T cells that's fighting it or that little germ, you know, has not hit us yet. But um, I I think we're just, we're going to uh, probably come out of this um, quarter one, we should all be almost back to normal. And I think we are going to see some new delivery methods, which, you know, one I'm working on and um, we're going to learn from this, just like we did when the AIDS epidemic uh, you know, caused the, exactly the same problem. We came out of that, and everybody thrived. And uh, I think that's about it as far as my uh, int- introductory uh, uh, comments.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to toilet. And thank you for the hope you're bringing on board, because you're showing us um, that we can reinvent ourselves at any age. And for okay. those of you who like to follow us, Dr. Well will be uh, part of uh, a special series called The Innovator. So this is how he decided to respond to this crisis, bringing new technology and mentality on board. I'm so back. Welcome to the office. Our profession is broken. Not just talking about dentists, but the, the medical core is broken. You know that image of a hamster wheel? We have been trained and falsely led to believe that we were more than workers. This is us, always trying to run. Wrap your mind around the fact that your biggest asset is yourself. This is wrong. We are nothing but glorified workers. If we're that good, but just inside of a wheel. Why is it that so many of us finish depressed, societal and even worse? What happened the day you go sick? What happened a day that you just go tired and you don't want to work anymore? By this stage, remember, we're nothing but glorified workers for as long. As you're working, you have an income. What happens when you stop working? What happens when you hit retirement? What happens if you just want to have more out of life? So all of those are things you have to think of. And this is why, as doctors, as dentists, we deserve to become millionaires. Not because we're ambitious. we're smart people, because we're looking forward to the future, and because yes we've earned it. Don't step on that line. beyond the rules. You can easily reach for the next step which is becoming a millionaire. And the whole hope of this course, actually it's not a hope, it's a promise, that we are all halfway there. What I'm trying to do here is to free you from that trap not a trap, a trap. You have to be able to deal with the consequences. Make leverage out of each of your liabilities. That's the best way to move forward. For as long as you still have enough strength to get back at the game, how are you gonna react? What are you gonna do with it? This is what's gonna matter. On things that you think are burdening, just either throw them away or leverage over them. If you're a doctor, you've been through the medical or dental training, you are halfway there because you have the work ethic to get to that point. So doctors, Know who you are, know what you've done, know in what system you're playing in, know the rules, and put them now in your favor. I'm also back. Welcome to Dallas.
5: A special series: The Innovators. From his words, Ron Klein is an ordinary man. But his innovative ideas have changed the world he is the inventor of the magnetic strip on the credit card credit card validity checking system and the developer of computerized systems for real estate mls multiple listing services voice response for the banking industry and bond quotation and trade information for the new york stock exchange don't miss its premiere october 31 at 11 am Streaming live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. A special series, The Innovators. Welcome to the Alphas.
0: Now we're gonna move forward to a uh, lady bean that we have among us. I'm so sorry to keep you waiting so long. <laughs> That's a good stater standing from Missouri. She'll be updating us about the state of misery, but also about the, the, to, about tomorrow, because she's one of the parents doing teledentistry. And uh, the good stater, could you please enlighten us about your situation and how it, how it is for teledentistry?
10: good news is we've been virtual since long before COVID. So we absolutely, when COVID hit, we saw all the patients that couldn't and didn't get into dental offices virtually and actually palliated and educated and, and triaged them to emergency uh, dental offices that were open if they needed to. So we, we and we are seeing the patients that, you know, the re- surveys show that 15% of the patients are not going to want to go back until co- until there's an immunization, et cetera. So that we're seeing patients that are terrified to go back because of COVID. And uh, so we are really educating patients on what you all are doing in your offices. And we're, we're seeing patients in all 50 states, Puerto Rico and the US Virgin Islands. And we're going to expand internationally next month with two big groups um, because even the American Dental Association saying virtually, you know, do virtual care when you can. Um, So our goal at this point is A, to provide those patients with backup with the dentist, being able to see them virtually, and B, to train the dental profession on how to, what to do virtually and how to, Decrease the viral load coming into their office. When indeed you could have a virtual consultation with your patient and be able to provide them with help that they needed, and triage them to that valuable chair time that you have. You don't want somebody coming in um, and then saying, "Yes, you broke your tooth, and I need to see you next week for a crown prep." You can do all that on you know virtual consult. Save you know the whole chair time, PPEs, and all the uh, equipment needed to see a patient and do the many procedures virtually. So we're working on providing dentists with the tools, aka the teledentist virtual connections, and the skills on how to change 2020 your offices to be able to do virtual consultations with your patients and keep them at home and keep them out of your office as much as you can, and then use your valuable chair time for the procedures that need the hands-on care that we've been talking about so um, it's and it's it is across the world so going internationally is very exciting we're doing the three shape uh, uh, conference in Denmark this week um, and the innovation side and doing a presentation of course I want to go to Denmark but it's going to be zoom darn it Um, (laughs) but it is a it is you know when you talk about dentistry today and The first time a patient ever sees you if they're new to your office you're going to have a shield on your mask on your loops on your you know ppe's on and trying to instill confidence in the patient that you you know eyeball to eyeball want to take care of them whereas if you a new patient visit you could do you know 10 minutes in the evening with patients and introduce yourself face to face like we're having this wonderful dialogue together now where they could see you and engage personally with you and isn't it funny that Virtual consults are going to be the most personal experience you'll have with your patients. You'll be able to see them and smile and they'll be able to do the same with you. And our teledentists are saying that patients are far more open and, and uh, relaxed, of course. They're not crossing that threshold of a dental office and, and tell you what they need to tell you because you're focused on that patient and not having staff come in and not having you know disruptions while you're trying to talk to the patient. And there's a, a complete consultation time where it's you and the patient and help them resolve what you know they need to resolve plus you can do treatment plans financial arrangements your staff can do the pre you know pre-covid screening before they come into your office so the 25 percent of your time that could be done virtually will download all the you know decrease the viral load and decrease your expense on ppes and be able to actually see somebody talk to them smile and communicate with them on a personal level through your computer. So that's what, you know our goal is to take care of the patients that won't go in and can't get in and, and aren't going in and to help dentists understand how they can impact their practices moving forward on a less you know on, on a virtual consultation basis. So we've been busy.
0: Are you saying that right now the authorities are pushing for dentistry to become digital? This is what you're saying?
10: Yeah, that use virtual consultations when you can. Um, They're not just saying all dentistry is going to be virtual. That's not practical, as we've already discussed. But when you can do virtual consultations, again, the the financial plans, the treatment plan, you could put their you know their X-rays up on the screen, talk to them. Just like we're talking now, go over your step by step and save in office time, not bringing the patient in to do those kinds of procedures, consultations when you can do them virtually. So yeah, they, they are, you use virtual when you can to keep patients at home.
0: And how about the, uh, the updates of your state?
10: Well, well, again, I haven't practiced in the state of Missouri for two years now, so <laughs> I'm just talking you know, United States at this point. So Missouri, uh, in terms of generally, you know, they're you know, we we have the most cases ever as of Saturday, um, and it's not going to get better. And we are we are trying to help train the dental profession because I, you know, there's going to be more lockdowns. You, uh, it seems to be that we are getting worse. We're not like uh, the other countries that are getting better, but unfortunately we're not. And I think that, you know, the patients and the dental professionals are kind of, you know, unsure of what steps next, but, you know, we can help them with that too. Oop, box frozen. Thank
0: you, Dr. Kustater. Thank you. So I think that there's hope here, and now we move forward to the state of Illinois with Dr. Eric Pulver. I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. Dr. Pulver, would you like to update us about your uh, status in the state of Illinois? And also, you've been working on AI, which was uh, one of the, the solution we were thinking of, how can we upgrade our profession? Would you like to update us on that too, please?
11: Thanks, Buck, and, and thanks for this uh, forum where we can all share information, and it's nice to get back uh, again now on the, op- like, way down the road to talk with the same group of people that we talked about at the beginning. And, and, and I'll touch on a few things because, you know, going kind of uh, at the end here, you guys have all shared some great ideas, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly what I, I was thinking, and maybe that's why we're all here together. But if, if I can take us back to the very beginning. We had a lot of uncertainty and a lot of anxiety, and we were trying to figure out in, in real time without being able to go historically to look at, at anything really. We were getting data coming at us quickly as to the impact of, of COVID-19. And, and we, as a profession, I think mobilized fairly quickly and went back to relying on our experience with, uh, blood uh, bloodborne diseases and, and our, our uh, care with uh, sterile technique and creating an atmosphere of safety within our uh, offices for our staff and, and our patients and the communities in which we live. So we, we had something to fall back on, but we weren't really sure exactly what we needed this time. So today we have more understanding of the situation we're in. We, we see that some around the world uh, we've we've unified to create the potential for vaccines and vaccinations and different ways that we can acutely treat patients, so that we understand what the comorbidities are associated with progression of the disease. We understand that the virus can be all over uh, and found uh, in biopsies uh, in, in you know in in a lot of different organs and throughout our bodies, and I think that it's brought to light. Uh, the long-term effects of COVID, where some people get right through it and are fine, and others will have more chronic illness associated with it. And, and you know has it shifted us a little bit in that direction as to what we need to be concerned about? Um, so we still have a lot of questions. So we went from uncertainty and anxiety to more understanding, to if we're gonna really analyze it critically, w- there's a lot of questions that still have to be answered. Um, and I'd have to say that forums like this and others that we've all participated in has, has brought us together. While governments around the world may not have unified, people did. And it kind of like Twitter allowed that, Zoom has allowed that. And communicating with people, um, at the very beginning in Italy and Spain that were closing down more early than we did, or my colleagues in Canada, where I'm from, allowed us to sort of Um, have expectations and implement them maybe sooner than we would have had we left it to um, the government organizations or organized dentistry and however, organized dentistry has provided a a tremendous amount of information, but speaking individually and connecting individually, I think is a a special little uh, uh golden thread that has woven through all of us. And I think that that's something that I hope we never stop, uh, whether it's COVID or anything else. So it's left us this information with some security and hope of the future. And if I take a a critical look at metrics, what is case positivity numbers and how important is that? Um, We believe that, you know, we're just getting around to having enough tests. So of course, the numbers are going to be going up. So is that significant? That's a question. You know, are we looking at the right metrics to provide the right information to our communities? In Illinois and Indiana and Wisconsin, we had peak numbers of positivity cases October 16th. But that's not a surprise. At the very beginning when we talked and we knew flu season would be here one day, we knew, well, flu season with the flu and COVID, maybe we're going to have like a perfect storm going on but we do have a lot more information today to handle that. But should we be looking at case fatality numbers? Maybe we should be. And maybe we should be looking at metrics of emergency department admissions to ICU um, admissions and the number of beds available uh, geographically in the ICUs. And that can give us a little bit more understanding and information of the direction we have to go in. There's been some great, information linking oral health to COVID progression. I, I think that that was on one of the global summit uh, uh, events. Uh, uh, you know, so, some of this stuff that we're finding out and the importance of oral health with systemic health is really encouraging as well. The, the 1% number that was recorded by the ADA, what I'm wondering is, um, that's good. That's good news. Right, and and we've all created certain safety mechanisms within our office, whatever we want to call them, enhanced patient protection plans, air disinfection. I think globally we're doing the same things, but is this a false sense of security? Is it really, is that is that what's preventing the numbers from being reduced? I don't know, I like to know. Um, I think we all have to be very careful in what we're doing. I do know our screening questions for the most part, temperature, um, have you had a cough, are really insignificant and really more recent research has shown that only loss of taste and loss of smell um, are actually directly related to whether someone has COVID or not. So we're doing a lot of screening, is it really making the impact that we think it is or is it confirmational bias? Are we looking for things to give us the answers or is there something else there? So I'm cautiously optimistic of the future. I'm really thrilled with the low numbers because that's a good thing to to point to. We're doing a good job. Um, And I I look towards the future and my hope is that uh, rapid inexpensive testing with uh, sensitivity numbers that are good, less false positive or false negatives like Paul mentioned with his son, those things are going on now and what do we do to keep our practices running safely and also economically viable, where we have people coming in with the flu or our staff with the flu or our cells with the flu, and then we have to get a COVID test and it takes four or five days. How do we manage the HR? How do we keep our our practices safe and viable? These are questions moving on into the future. Um, And having said all that, You know, I do believe that there's some amazing things that have happened because of COVID, because it's almost like a computer and technology crashing, and then you reboot it, and then you have an option. Do you want to reset to the old or, or, you know, relapse to the old or reset with the new normal or move forward to something different, rather? And I think that we have an opportunity to move forward with something new and different, and I think that we, uh, as dentists, are really in a good spot to adapt a virtual workflow which will build efficiencies and part of that is as Bach you alluded to um, with innovation and technology and artificial intelligence we've been able to really um, build in quality assurance uh, reduce contact work time with patients reduce the amount of time it takes to come up with uh, more accurate diagnostic findings using ai as a second opinion a teammate that's on our shoulders that says hey look over here let's check this out let's follow trends in early uh, computer vision or radiographic interpretation of decay uh, we're looking into bone loss and linking oral systemic health links so a- as a profession we can really impact um, overall health and wellness um, so i think that there's a lot of opportunities and as i said i'm optimistic about some of the impact COVID has had so we can create great changes as a profession moving forward. Um, and yes, I, I, I do think AI uh, and machine learning and collaborating will, will be a big part of that moving forward. The, the opportunities are, are boundless and it's exciting. So that's, that's a little summary of kind of how I saw things, where I see things now, and hopefully working together, we can uh, continue to create a safe environment and, and, Push
0: change and make it happen. Thank you, Dr. Poover. I'm sure that we will have to come back to this, and I will invite all our colleagues to jump in. But I like to move forward to somebody who has waited so long, <laughs> Dr. Paul Dominique. He, he will be standing for the state of Georgia, but he has a, a special status. He has the opportunity to travel, and he also has a foot in the, in Europe. I think if you're in Spain right now, so. You can update us on both situations and what you see from one state to the next. Dr. Dominique, you have the floor.
4: Thank everybody here, uh, you know, for showing up and, you know, participating. I think this is a great group that we have going. So, um, I started back uh, with uh, clinical care uh, on May 14th. Uh, I was in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. And, um, you know, that was the, the day in which, you know, the governor allowed us to resume dental care. And, um, you know, you actually took a virtual tour of the office I was in. Um, Dr. Bach, you saw it, you know, um, we, and I'm a pediatric dentist for those of you uh, who are now seeing me and, you know, our practices are really large. I mean, you saw it was one office that was, you know, that office I showed you, that was 20,000 square feet. So social distancing is really easy for us, uh, you know, when you have, you know, 25 chairs in an office you know you can easily social distance so we really did not get affected in terms of our numbers except that we actually got busier because we got a lot of parents you know showing up you know saying you know we don't know you know where things are going to go and we're a little bit worried you know that we may lose insurance benefits down the road so they were just asking us to do as much as dentistry um you know, as, you know, as we could. So we got really busy to the point that I had to be traveling between Atlanta and Iowa, between Georgia and Iowa. And that's how I really did it all over the summer, just going back and forth. Um, I was probably the busiest I've ever been in my career clinically. Um, and it, it just, it defied logic, you know, this pandemic was going on. Um, we were not letting parents in the waiting room. They still had to wait in their cars uh, to to come see us, but we were just—I mean—the numbers were just, you know, through the roof. And again, you know, we have very large offices, uh, so we could we could accommodate this this extra volume uh, very safely. But. Um, but, you know we were taking all the you know uh, you know required precautions and everybody had to wear KN any5 masks and change them and you know PPE change your gowns between patients um, so you know you know we got we got up on, on running and running and I think we made up for a lot of lost ground um, you know because of how busy you know how busy we were you know like I said I was just going back and forth um, between Atlanta and uh, and uh Urbandale, Iowa, and it, it was really really a busy time, you know. But I just would like to you know to kind of digress here a little bit and just kind of piggyback with with uh, my good friend Eric Pulver in Chicago, you know. Uh, you know, we talked about you know, you know. COVID is kind of being like a reboot, you know, kind of like a wake-up call. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm one of the investors with uh, Maria's company, The Dentist, And, you know, I just think, you know, this is the wake-up call that, that we in dentistry need. Because, you know, really and truly, things were not good even before COVID uh, as far. And I'm talking about general dentistry. You know, we, we as children... Children's dentists. We, we're a bit lucky because you know parents always want to do what's best for their kids, but really and truly, the state of general dentistry, you know, has been you know, for lack of a better word, decaying for a while. I mean, we have a situation where United States emergency rooms are billing 2.7 billion dollars. That's what they built in fiscal year 2017 for dental services. Well, really, for dental triage when there really are no dentists employed at hospitals, except for where there's a a residency program. and That's the very minority of hospitals. There's no dental equipment and emergency rooms. So these are basically physicians doing the best they can and billing 2.7 billion a year when the largest corporate dental company in the world, or DSO as we say in the US, uh, Pacific Dental Services, built something like $1.4 billion that year. So almost double the amount of money uh, that the hospitals, because really and truly, we, we're neglecting as a profession, we're neglecting a lot of patients out there. And part of it is affordability. Um, and, you know, if you look at the statistics and you know, uh, um, it's, I think it's, uh, it's Maria Vujicic from, from the ADA when she has compiled, um, he was an, uh, I think he's, uh, he was with the world bank and then now he's with the ADA as the chief economist. But, you know, he basically said that this decline in adult utilization started back since 1997. And I really feel that we need to change the paradigm. And you and I have talked about this, We've me about a few conversations about it. You know, we, we need to get Eric and Maria the money they need. Uh, to really develop their, their companies you know to, to, to grow exponentially and to change the paradigm because really and truly teledentistry dentistry is the future so I'm in Spain here right now and I just got new health insurance here in in, in, in Spain I'll just show sure, I don't know if you can see this on my phone but I can actually now go on a, a standard now I can actually get this so this is the 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 app for my health insurance, and I can actually get a dental consult built in to the uh, a, a tele dental consult built into the app. And yes, this is in its infancy. Um, you know, I, I believe Marie, you said we were going to talk with uh, with you. You're going to talk with Three Shape, um, but really and truly, th- this is what we needed in dentistry. We need a, a very accurate way. Of digitizing the oral cavity and really change the way that dentists recruit patients to really maximize chairside efficiency when they have them in their chair and ultimately you know uh, cut costs uh, for the patients. Um, it's a win-win situation. So we cut costs of the dentist. Um, and it's going to cut costs to the patients, and I, I think this is this is where you know we need to go. But we really need to, to come. You know, back you and I we talked about this extensively about getting the funds to help uh, to help these uh, these calls to help these uh, you know these companies really take off exponentially.
0: That's a lot of hope you're putting on the table here. Are you running for president?
11: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like to move well, on. We, we, we
4: have to change.
10: We have to change the paradigm, and, and, and that's going to cost a lot of money. I can tell you, just the the good news is Proctor. We, we're doing a pilot with Procter and Gamble, who mm-hmm. have your exact same vision, Paul, and and mm-hmm. they they started this before COVID again to, mm-hmm. to develop consumer av- advocacy for oral health. And um, the, the spearhead of this program said, you, you guys all know that Crest is the one that started brush your teeth twice a day, but, <laughs> because they sold more toothpaste if people brush their teeth twice a day. And, and that's a pretty, under, you know, in, in the dental profession in the United States, it's pretty well understood. Crest started your brush your teeth twice a day. And, and Procter & Gamble's goal is to get people to go to the dentist twice a year and and have a smile advisor and so and we're we're partnered with them to do this project and their money that they have should be able to get this as a conversation on every purchase of every toothpaste uh every toothbrush We're, we're hoping that and there's an educational and that's what you're talking about people need to dental literacy they need to understand where to go what to do how to do it um, and again, right now it's predicted that 180 million people will not see a dentist this year. And yeah, that's ridiculous. on the back of the dental profession. We yeah. need to change that. And there's not enough of us physically to go out and change that. But virtually we can educate, you know, discuss, help people palliate problems uh, and, and reduce the nuisance problems that all dentists that have a practice know they have when people come in and it's like, You didn't need to come in here. Those kinds of things. How many times do you have these patients come back over and over again? And those are the kinds of things that can be handled virtually as well to keep your valuable chair time. This is exactly what you're talking about, Paul, um, with productive patient visits.
2: If I may uh, jump in for a second, guys. Uh, You know, one thing that uh, I think we have to bring to the table here is uh, uh, regarding immunity. Uh, Once a patient or ourselves is infected with COVID, you know how long do we have the immunity for is it two months is it three months is it four months i think that's something that uh, i don't think anybody knows the other factor that we have to throw into the equation is uh, let's say that uh, we do have a successful vaccine that arrives uh, hopefully sooner than later you know how long will that vaccine keep us covid free uh, i personally know a few people uh, and i say a few who have been infected with COVID three times? Uh, that's that's a scary proposition. Okay, the other the other thing that we have to think about is PPE. We all know, I think, in the profession, in the industry, that uh, PPE costs money. Uh, we're incurring uh, expenses. We're uh, incurring um, uh, the difficulty uh, of purchasing PPE. I mean, I certainly. Uh, We have a difficult time, at times, uh, obtaining uh, gloves, masks, proper masks. You know, know, there's so many things on the table that we have to uh, focus on. And I think uh, also, uh, I think uh, very importantly, we have to unite regardless of our political differences and do the right thing for the country, for the world, for our colleagues in Europe, uh, for for everyone across this globe, because uh, you know this is a monster that seems to be persisting, and uh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff uh, coming forward that is going to affect all of us, our patients, our families, our children, and uh, you know I don't have all the answers, but there's certain things that we must discuss.
11: Hey, Pavel, I, I would say that what's interesting is we are seeing people like you mentioned that are getting COVID again there's some question as to whether they ever actually got over it the first time. So some of the data and information that's coming our way, we need to you know figure out exactly what it is that we're seeing. And uh, I just read an article where there was some documentation of a totally second, you, you have to take the virus out and see that the virus has different RNA you know, in g- the genomics of the virus to see if it's a new infection or a, or a second one. Immunity has always been an issue. And you, you know, every year we get a flu shot. I got my flu shot just two days ago. My arm's a little sore. I felt like I had the flu yesterday. They asked me if I wanted to get a shingle shot, right? And, but then I'd have the flu-like symptoms with the temperature, most likely for two days, and then I wouldn't be able to go to work. So I said, I'm gonna take that risk. I'm not getting it. I'll get it later. But when they first gave that immunity out, it was one shot and now it's two. So there's a lot of things we don't know yet that we need to figure out, um, moving forward. Um, and, and Maria, what's interesting and what you're talking about is, you know, if you can go and one of the biggest issues that we have are patients around the world that don't go to the dentist, don't have access to the dentist, whether it's in developed or developing nations, If we can impact those patients earlier, you know, not just bring clean drinking water, safe drinking water or sanitary things, but allow them to brush their teeth and take care of themselves, the impact on systemic health would be significant. Uh, one of the things we've been looking at and and thinking of is taking our algorithms and running them over intraoral camera images, and uh, even from cell phones. And if people were to um, connect with purchasing of toothbrushes into a um, automated or system to get them into the right uh, track for their oral health care, and we could overlay a quick, you know, rudimentary quick uh, staining, decay, possible cracked teeth, or gingival inflammation. There are some programs like that, but our algorithms will work in that area just as they work in 3D images as well. Uh, We've been working on risk assessment scores for 3D spaces as well for some really interesting uh, concepts having to do with implants or periodontal disease or impacted wisdom teeth and things like that. So those are potential collaborative uh, uh, concepts that could make an impact one day um, all over the world, maybe.
1: Yeah, uh, would I say something? We uh, have we have a, we have a, a system that is called a health pass passport that we are improving in, in many companies right here in Peru. It's it's just a questionnaire with many of the symptoms that we have for the people to fill it uh, every time they go to work, and it's very easy to use. You can use it in a cell in a mobile phone, mm-hmm. and you put all this information so. All the uh, the the people that goes to work is it's protected by symptoms. If they have any alert in that system, the people goes and they take temperature, they take uh, the uh, uh, blood uh, oxygenation, and all that stuff that helps to make a better a better decision and a diagnostic or a possible diagnostic. So the idea is to send them as soon as possible, but that's the way we are using to protect all the people that we have in our offices also. So every patient, when uh, before they they feel uh, uh, or they're gonna make an appointment, they have to make this kind of questionnaire. And after that questionnaire, if they have an alert, we can also tell the patient, maybe you uh, should go to a doctor to take a look at this, or you can set an appointment before they arrive to our to our uh, office so uh, there are many many ways that we can improve the kind of service that we're doing Teledentistry, i think uh, i think is the future for dentistry it's going to improve uh, many many things we're going to uh, have our agenda we're going to have many uh, even even the files the, your your medical files or your or your dental files you're going to have it in in the cloud and Also, I've been talking for about, and maybe uh, last week, I was in a a communication with one doctor from Spain, and he has a very, very nice system. It's like a Google Drive, but with medical information. And the patients has the possibility to to bring their files to every place where they go. So it's gonna, Things are changing, uh, are changing and this kind of technology is helping us a lot. And I think the future is going to be uh, half and a half. We're going to have to do it by our computers, by our laptops, and half of the job and other half of the job is going to be in our offices. Help, as, as Eric said, uh, we are going to be help and we have a second or an assistant to our job with a computer and AI also.
10: Thank well, you so I think, much. I think that exactly what you're talking about Aphelio is, is the what we're keen on right now and and Paul demonstrated is dental medical integration and you know that patient is not a crown that patient is a patient uh, and so it's been shown over and over again in research that dental medical integration improves patient outcomes and reduces patient you know uh, medical costs. So as Paul's uh, app showed that they had dental on their app with medical, we are actually partnering with a group to bring the physician into the dental office on the teledentist platform. So we will have there are right now one hundred and eight million people this year that will see a physician and not a dentist and we're going to place the teledentist in the physician's offices. And then there are 28 million people in the United States that will see a dentist and not a physician. So, you know, the ADA has been encouraging people to do, you know, blood sugar levels, and we've always been supposed to do uh, hypertension, uh, you know, blood pressure readings. But what do you do if somebody has unrelenting hypertension? You want to send them out for a referral. now. With our program you can connect to a medical doctor while they're in the office get a consultation that doctor can help the patient with you know uh, reduce um, hypertension medication or get them on a diabetes program so that we are actually bringing mds into your practice on our system so that you don't have to send them out for a medical consultation they can have that right there in your office and That patient may not go to the doctor anyway if you send them. Um, So integrating medical and dental, we can actually get better total health, which is what dentists need to be promoting in the first place. And that's the perfect segue is we, we not only want to be on every medical, but we want medical in with us too, because we are a specialty of medicine and it's important in total health to have oral health providers, you know, working with the medical team.
5: a special series, The Innovators. From his words, Ron Klein is an ordinary man. But his innovative ideas have changed the world. He is the inventor of the magnetic strip on the credit card, credit card validity checking system and the developer of computerized systems for real estate, MLS, multiple listing services, voice response for the banking industry and bond quotation and trade information for the New York Stock Exchange. Don't miss its premiere October 31 at 11 a.m., streaming live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. A special series, The Innovators. Welcome to the Alphas.
0: So what we are is a chance to keep the independence of this profession. The reason why we can take this drive and lead the change is because, for one, we understand that this is more than just profit. This is a society in rebuild. This has more implication than just taking market share, banking on profit, and propriety. This is about creating a root, a deeper root with the organization, a deeper root with the community. And this is also why. We have made sure that all our partners will be happy. And between you and I, we're saying that after 10 years they're free to go. We are that confident that nobody will like to leave MDEX unless they have personal reason that they have to move and change country. For people who be changing cities inside of uh, the same country, we are thinking that this can be an easy swap. You swap in your share of MDEX on one side and then we swap that back on the other side where you want to practice. It will take you maybe few months to readjust, but you're not building back from scratch. To all the dentists pulling up with us, you have a partner. It's just like renting a car. Of course, if you just want them to cut the contract, you will have some penalties to face, but you're not alone. To the bankers looking at us and the people who are lending the money, you know that a dentist can have ups and downs. We never know what life will bring. But unless there's another COVID Cause like this one, it is very unlikely that the whole industry will just stop. And this is what we are the foundation of an industry. That's a lot of progress. that's a lot of
10: progress (laughs) still have to talk with my hands
0: (laughs) um i'm looking at the clock here we've been talking for about an hour and a half but this one important question that on the last summit we raised and i'd like to spend if you allow me 10 minutes as an open floor everybody to jump in it's last time we have a colleague dr i get beast who was very coming forward with the fact that COVID helped her uh think about her life, her routine, and also what we are putting ourselves through. And um, some dentists has been questioned they, um, the, the purpose and also the, the way that they look at our profession. So I'd like to open this question to all of you.
2: Well, how I is, I'm just go ahead Dr. Tan.
0: How is it as a dentist that you are renewing with a profession? And this is an open floor, please feel free to jump in. we have about 10 minutes.
2: Well, if I may uh, uh, start, Uh, you know, I think traditionally uh, patients sometimes uh, uh, assume that we only treat a tooth. Uh, They don't uh, understand that a tooth is attached to a jaw, and a jaw is attached to your head. And in your head, you have a brain that operates the rest of your body. So traditionally, I think patients, uh, uh, unfortunately, sometimes don't understand that we are a subspecialty of medicine, just as it was mentioned a few minutes ago. And we have to understand the entire system and how it comes together and work together with physicians, uh, which unfortunately in my practice, I have two wonderful physicians, my mind was. So when I have a question or a problem, I have right away an answer. Uh, but, but I think it's a key factor to uh, the, uh, put everything together, which we treat a human being with feelings, with emotions and especially now when everyone is frustrated and uh, uh, things are uh, very unnerving uh, for all of us to do our work to go on with our regular lives every day we have to unite and use all of our resources to get through this uh, and the other thing is patients unfortunately sometimes uh, don't value us as doctors you know they look at us like yeah you guys are second-class citizens you know it's just the and that bothers me because you know our work is so detailed and so focused uh, that can have tremendous uh, negative consequences when things go wrong. So you know, I think um, as a profession, I think we deserve a little more respect than we get. And uh, you know, it's thanks to uh, all of you guys. And uh, you know, we need to educate the public. Uh,
8: I totally agree with you, Pavel.
2: Finally, finally, <laughs> you agree with me on something.
8: Wow! Yeah, I totally agree with you. I do really think that sometimes, but you know, people cannot uh, evaluate something what they cannot truly you know, understand. Because, to for example, uh, evaluate endodontics properly, right? A person would need to know what criteria he or she needs to look at to value that. Um, although when we're talking about um, prostodontics, everyone can say, is it pretty or not, <laughs> right? So the same with the teeth. Well, they- but
2: prosthodontics should be not just only, is it pretty, and this is a very good point you bring up, you know, I salute you for this. Patients very often judge us on only what they see. So patients very often do not understand how is the preparation cut? Is there a shoulder, a bevel? Is it properly cut? Is the chamfer done the right way? Is the soft tissue positioned the right way? You know, patients don't. Patients only care about money. How much? And is it gonna hurt? You know, once in a while, you get a patient who really understands more, uh, and uh, and they appreciate your work. But, but that. I, I, but, I, but let me finish. Yes. But I can tell you, the most patients, 99 percent. I should say, 90 percent they don't understand the art and science of properly preparing a tooth before it receives a crown. You know, and this is something that education comes into play. We have to educate our patients that there's different types of crowns. There's different types of metals that can be used in a PFM. It's like from here to next week, but uh, it hurts my feelings personally when patients don't appreciate how much effort I think we globally as dentists put into our profession and we, we pour our hearts and souls Into what we do, and sometimes I think we just don't get enough uh, uh, appreciation, I should say, because you know, look, I'm not, I'm not like one of these guys that wants fame and glory. You know what? That's doesn't doesn't do it for me. But you know, a simple thank you, a simple understanding of what we do is, I think, the key factor. Go ahead, please.
8: I just wanted to add that uh, exactly. Uh, hear uh, what our colleague from the teledentist said that education uh, is an actually a huge part of our work and exactly how patients should value if they don't know what criteria or what does it take or how can they choose. But coming back to the Dr. Beck's uh, topic, uh, it's just a notice or just a thought that I had. Um, when dentists uh, got shut down and we, uh, our hands, you know, were tied, um, we no longer were able to do our work. And more often than not, a person uh, describes himself or herself uh, through what he or she does in the world. So when our profession or how we express ourselves ourselves or how we realize ourselves in the world, that uh, door was simply shut. Uh, all the dentists were like, oh my God, who am I? And, <laughs> but I'm a dentist, I need to keep being a dentist or keep performing as a dentist. And then suddenly we all wanted to reconf- reconfirm our identity, And that's when uh, this huge wave of education uh, through webinars uh, came. And I also see that as a huge benefit, actually, because uh, that did encourage us to, first of all, uh, look at ourselves. Who are we besides being dentists? Then, second of all, uh, starting to appreciate and love this identity of being a dentist And third of all, uh, it encouraged us to grow and connect.
2: Well, I I totally agree with you. You know, I've been trying to find my identity for 52 years and I'm still trying to find myself. And luckily I met uh, Global Summits, Kiano, Sharon, Dr. Bach. You know, all of you guys out here that were having this discussion, you know, this is about, it's all about connecting, sharing and being together. So yeah, I salute you on
7: that, yeah.
11: No, I'll go ahead, Pretender, Uh, okay.
7: That's fine. Uh, Just wanted to add to uh, Lina's and Pavel's points that, okay, referring as dentist, optometrist, pharmacist, gastroenterologist, cardiologist, these are just the words given to us, but we come under a general category of physician. We are oral physicians, my friends. We are dental physicians. So it's, it's, the word dentist is not different from a doctor. We are a, we are a doctor. And uh, uh, since I'm uh, dealing a lot with periodontal medicine, I'm also an editor in chief of a journal of uh, periodontal medicine. I would tell you my friends, our oral cavity is a mirror of the human body. We are dealing with every part of human body through the mouth. So, if we don't get any words of appreciation, don't be disheartened because you have done your work. You get the words of appreciation from your within that you have cured somebody of a dental decay, which can actually lead to a cardiovascular disease someday. Don't worry for that appreciation, my friends. My, I have heard people coming out of uh, or, uh, patients uh, coming out of the uh, journal uh, surgeons uh, chamber or the operation theater. Once they gain their consciousness, they still say bad things about doctors. Don't think that they okay. I'm not counting everyone. I, I would agree with uh, Dr. Maria, education plays a role. If, even, if, if, even if we are dealing with a beggar on the road, i I would say education plays a role. You can be very polite to a beggar as well, so nothing to be disheartened uh, or uh, demanding respect. We as a profession are full of respect to to, to 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 watch in a to see concisely in an oral cavity, identifying the sign of diabetes, mellitus sometimes, identifying many disorders, oral cancers or anything you know foul smell, halitosis, man, you are a physician.
2: I think I think one big one that we identify uh, is uh, hypertension. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in my practice, I have patients who come in and they, they want to have dental work done and uh, we check their blood pressure routinely. And all of a sudden, we get numbers that are astronomical. Now, there's always, of course, when you go to the dentist, there's the white coat syndrome. <laughs> you get uh, paranoid, you get scared, and, you know, but, but that's why you have to know a patients baseline level of their blood pressure. Very, true. You get Very a true. healthy patient who, uh, doesn't really have uh, the malignant hypertension. They go to the dentist, they have hypertension. So, so we have to be careful and work together with the physicians to understand, yes. do we go ahead with the procedure or do we abort? Because when yeah. I see yeah. crazy numbers in my office, you know, I cancel surgeries. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little paranoid cause I don't want to hurt someone and, uh, and that's the way I think we have, to, we have to focus on patient care. We have to focus on uh, patient education. We have to uh, uh, be, be sure that all of our patients uh, understand what we're doing, what we're about to do, what we did, what we didn't do, what could happen, might happen, would happen, can happen. But then we sleep better at night.
7: So, yeah, you're right, Pavel. So when we refer to a physician or we, or we have a talk with the physician regarding our patient, that is, that is a, You know, that is an appreciation itself. Since we know what can go wrong, that's why we are talking to the physician. And as uh, Lena said uh, uh, about the, you know, uh, the appreciation and the physician's role, you, you're very right. But to reach to the physician as a teledentist Maria is doing to connect with the physicians because she knows when to connect. So my friends, we are physicians. And uh, you know, every physician has an important role starting from the mouth to, to anywhere in the body. So I think it's everyone's role. Let's respect and appreciation is only achieved by the educated ones, those who know what we are doing. I don't respect from anybody. I respect from everybody who gives. It's fine. Who doesn't give? It's fine. At the end of the day, I should be satisfied.
11: Uh, well, well said. I I, I want to share a bit of perspective from from my standpoint. Is that um, as an oral surgeon, I've. Found I've lived in the space between dentistry and medicine. Um, and, I, and I think that when Bach, when you first said, What's the question? How have you kind of reconnected with, within dentistry and how has COVID changed that? Um, I, I kind of feel like COVID's taken away a curtain, like the COVID curtain, and it's pushed us into looking both within ourselves and our profession and, within, and allowed us to have a glimpse at the future. And when Lena, when you talked about parameters, it kind of rang a bell in my head because we all learned certain parameters in dental school that we're supposed to follow. But when, when, Pavel, you said, well, people only care about does it hurt me or the cost? Our profession doesn't have uh, uh, standardizations or calibration or clarity on how to evaluate the care that's being delivered whereas you can get cardiothoracic surgery done and you can look at statistics and metrics from hospitals and make uh, unbiased decisions as to where you want to go. Now, of course, there's errors and oversights made in hospitals. We've all been there. We've had family members or patients where, where tests haven't been done right. There are issues. However, in dentistry, we need to create something that helps us to Implement and standardize those parameters. So we have more unified care uniformed care across uh, The board uh, and we have varying levels of the way that that care is provided within our, our Communities our countries around the world and it's going to be up to us to raise that level up and and I think that um, overall health and wellness has taken a, a forefront role in where we need to be as dentists and it's something that has has i i've I've personally tried to promote that and i've been in situations at the university of chicago where i ran the oral surgery program for 10 years people don't always want to listen i would get you know a heart lung transplant patient i call like hey we're in the operating room but they have bad teeth because they didn't look and they can we fit them in right now? And they'd run down and I do my work, all right, you know. And but those things don't have to happen, but it's it's an issue where we have too much information flying at us too frequently, too quickly for us to break down. We need to have uh, alerts, um, and that's where I feel technology, innovation, machine learning, AI can create those links between different EMRs and interoperability issues where we have. Um, Epic or in medical, we have different practice management software systems in dental. We need to share the information so it's real time and it helps us to provide better care to our patients. But we need to be uniform, it can't be different. And if we look at an x-ray, we all might see different things. And there's no doubt that the oral biome impacts the gut biome. And you look at all the work that's been done with the gut biome, if you don't eat properly, you're not gonna be healthy and that has an impact in systemic health and medical insurance everywhere. If you're missing teeth, you can't chew your food. So we have companies out there doing work with uh, intraoral wearables to monitor pH. We can do salivary biopsies of the saliva where there's been consortiums that have put together pre-cancerous, oral cancer uh, diagnosis. Um, We have all kinds of different things. We can look at, at saliva as a new Blood chemistry, we can look at intraoral pictures and analyze them. What we need to push that forward, we need to do that now. And we know we know that there's a lot of association, uh, but it's it, we, we need to show the proof between oral links and systemic health. And we need to collect the data, and we have to be diligent about it. We need to work together. So I think that having that message more uniformly around the world with a bunch of people that can make it happen gives us an opportunity to create that change it's beyond what i can do individually or each of us can do by taking care of our patients in the chair we can make a global impact with a little local change right and and i think that that's what's exciting about what happened with COVID and being able to talk to each of you and and who the people are that you speak to so it's just it's about making that happen and not, not letting it go, seizing the moment and creating some type of incentive for excellence within our profession, you know, that, that raises the bar of who we are and what we do as a profession and individuals and have it recognized amongst our patients and the medical healthcare provi- providers. Um,
7: and that, you know, other than that, you know, I got not much else to do. <laughs> eric uh, just uh, doctor back if you allow me one minute please eric uh, uh, very wonderful points you added uh, i would like to take an opportunity to ask uh, why can't we do this why can't we all just uh, doctor back why can't we form a team and do what eric and uh, uh, mentioned it's wonderful let's uh, maria if you agree we can make a team and uh, let's let's raise this issue and you know we can be the forefront why not?
11: I, I, I'm on board for that. I've spoken to a few people already about trying to put together a, a virtual summit, uh, learning AI, oral systemic health links and, you know, inviting people in the medical side, the government side, um, together beyond dentistry uh, to, to, to sort of say, hey, let's
7: kick this off and make it happen. Eric, uh, let's let's make out. it globally. Let's make yeah. it globally. And yeah. since I since I shared, I never knew what you were doing. I am in. <laughs> mm.
10: I, I have said the ADA has just not, you know, organized dentistry hasn't pushed this agenda where it needs to go, and now you just did. So I a hundred percent am in. Um, again, the research on medical dental integration is staggering that we have not just sh- done a sea change and corrected all of our medical and our dental procedures, but we haven't, but let's do it. I agree. I, okay. High five, I'm in.
7: <laughs> a multi, a multi Eric, 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 you can have our data from Dr. Back and we are all in,
10: please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, please. I, I, I think
7: that
11: sometimes we in life do things out of frustration, right? Because we just need something to push us along to do it. And, and, you know, the the randomness of COVID and then Paul introducing me to Bach and then Buck and to, to Julio and, and Pavel and, and everyone on this call. And, you know, it, it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's gotta be a reason that we're all doing this, right?
7: Yeah, and back is always a good platform for new ideas. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, just
11: to put in perspective,
0: it is 11.30 in India. Look at the yeah. enthusiasm you have. <laughs>
7: I never I never saw the watch, but you know back, back starts with one topic and we get another ten topics in a row. Uh, oh,
2: pretend there is. but he's good looks, man. Come on. He's, he's <laughs> a, he's yeah.
8: I just wanted to add uh, that how, as Pretend uh, started and then Pavel actually developed it um, further, Uh, about the criteria and not only because I think that this is also about how we as dentists are viewed globally by society, by people, right? Uh, And this is very, um, you cannot really separate these uh, things. When we have the criteria, right, then we actually, what I just wanted to say that not politics, not media, uh, not anyone else, but we ourselves are forming uh, our image, our view, how people see us. Are dentists not real doctors? No, we are. And just as seriously we take it and we translate it and we inform people and we show that we are, then we are perceived this way.
0: And yeah. Dr. Wallet, you've been
9: uh,
0: quiet and that is usually not you being that quiet.
9: Well, it's getting close to the time I got to get back to the nursing home. You <laughs> all know that. But uh, this has been enlightening today. I just really am so blessed to be a part of this group. And uh, I learned so much from you and Maria, we got to get together because I'm ready to go virtual with one toe in the ocean on my phone.
10: we are completely mobile and imagine being able to bring a, you know, all, all this together on, on your phone. I mean, that's, that's, the phone is the new healthcare tool yeah. for this decade, without a doubt. I mean, telehealth is booming, teledentistry is booming and to be able to provide those all on with the patient needs at the tip of their fingers with the doctors need at the tip of their fingers, us included in the doctor division, um, means that we can move this agenda forward and make it better, and we can be the driving force. I mean, why shouldn't dentists be the driving force of bringing medical and dental together and improving patient outcomes? Yes, so that, that's what I, that, I, that's I, what yeah. I was saying. Exactly. for, Maria.
7: Yes, we, we, exactly. we can and we can do it. Dr. Back, please arrange another platform for us.
10: <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah, put him to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr. Curio, uh, uh, you're smiling a lot. You have, uh, I think you have a, a lot of ideas to add to this.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with everyone over here, because uh, what we need to do is uh, I uh, I have something to add, and that is that last week I was listening to Simon Sinek. I don't know if you, many of you know him, but he's uh, a great man and he's uh, a great uh, um, he he works a lot with a human part, and he was saying, uh, if you have to do, with, to have a startup, what's, what uh, where you're gonna deal, what you wanna make a startup of? And uh, that startup, uh, he says, I wanted to do something human, something that links, uh, links us all together. And we need to use many, many kinds of tools to make us together. And very let let's see some very easy, very easy exercise. When you are working, do you know how many dentists you have around you? Do you try to reach them if they have the same specialty? What do you have? You have uh, too many doctors. You have many hospitals. You have many many things. That we were all linked to medicine and they are linked to health. And we need to know about that. First of all, you have to have a reference in the place where you're living. Then you have to have a reference for what the skills that you need to make your service more a, a better service. And that you have to use to link you, you need to link the technology that you have in hand and the technology you can give to bring that to your patients. We have to center in the patient. And that's the way we're gonna make our service more human and more rich and reach more and more and more people. Um, That's the idea that I have. So I think that the idea from uh, Maria and Eric and I think we can make a very, very good match all these kind of technologies and all these kind of te- uh, ideas to make a better service to our patients.
0: Dr. Duke. I, I would like to ask you to close this conversation because uh, this it's amazing where we went from having a problem to finding uh, an opportunity to build bridges Mr. Dick.
6: you're you always putting that on me for some reason. I, don't <laughs> I mean, enjoy it, but uh, I've been I've been listening to you guys closing, and it's uh, it it warms my heart to hear what everyone says, and it you know the the love that you all have for your profession um, it just shines through. Um, I, I'm personally, you know, I, at the core, at the heart of it, we are clinicians, and. Um, you know i'm a general dentist i've uh, been general dentist for uh for 17 years and you know there, there are many things obviously when we're talking about cosmetic dentistry it's very exciting to have an modbl filling that fits just perfect with no occlusal adjustment and you use that endo file to put colors in the grooves it really looks kind of nice um it's also exciting when you get that uh, endodontic cement puff showing that you really see I mean how satisfying is that right little things but at the end of the day as you all brought it up with the dental medical connection I mean it is something that we do know as clinicians that you know whole body dentistry is uh, you know the, the mouth just talks to us you know when you open your mouth there's so many things that can be brought it can be uh, screened, you know. From that, um, not everybody uh, is aware that we help with uh you know, with breathing, something like that. You know, um, sleep apnea. Things are are uh, uh, that one of the things that we focus at the office. You know, it's all it's all interconnected. Tongue posture, rest posture, you know, all of the fascia. It, I mean, it, it's all interconnected somehow, and. One of the opportunity that we took during this period, um, and, and our side, you know, um, with uh, with tele dentistry, is taking the opportunity to educate patients, and um, we we get those comments that, you know, they're they're real appreciative of that, you know, the, being able to take that time, whether it's to show them a full treatment plan, uh, but that's you know outside of clinical hours that you can do that. And, um, you know, like Dr. Kunstadter said, they finally get to see your face, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Um, and you can deliver so many on, on a virtual platform. I mean, we, we, on our side, we use it, yes, to, to have certain patients to, that need care that don't necessarily have access, but also, to, you know, the, the education part is very much taking over uh, much more than having patients. You know for the for the office so you know why not take this as an opportunity to really connect everything and you know setting ourselves apart um because at the end we're all there to serve and you know it's uh it's like like dr krastev said just a thank you and you know really feeling that the patient is really uh appreciative it, you know that's what makes your day even though we're working all crazy hours like we never did but um you know, you have to take it, uh, the glass uh, half full. And so it's going to be worth it for the long run.
0: I am speechless. If there's one thing that I see that uh, COVID has brought is passion into people. Um, I'm going to just summarize to everything that I heard today, but we've been busy. COVID is dynamic, but so are we we are looking for human contact i think that now more than ever even with all the restrictions we have established a contact that it's i think more resilient than uh, a virus can <laughs> can, 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 can challenge um, one thing that got out it's dental clinic or safe we are safe uh for the time that we are there we are in a red zone all the time and it is still proven that we are safe. So on that, I'd like to congratulate all our colleagues around the world who has taken the precaution and also um, has kept the hope up. Because the other thing is our patients are happy. We are being busy. Our patients are happy. Uh, how often can we say that as dentists, that people are happy going to the dentist? This is what's coming out. Um, I think that the message here is resilience. And uh, Lina mentioned that very Concretely, it's now more than ever, we have to believe in what we are. We have to, to stand up for our belief. And this was, wasn't was planned, but if the curtain, the COVID curtain is raised, this is an opportunity for us to unify dental and medicine together. So my message is to all of you at home that listen to this. If this talks to you, you'd like to be part of this. We need you to keep the dog going, to keep... Um, to keep the change flowing. Um, reach out to any of us. We are on a social network, write to us. And um, I'm gonna thank you, all of all, each one of you. Um, this morning, I had an interview and said that, me and my alphas, you're not my alphas, you are alphas. I am privileged to have this privilege to exchange with you. Um, I know that we are so many on the line, we didn't have much time to talk. It's been more than two hours and we still want to talk. <laughs> Let's do this more often and um, at home, please. If you want this to keep going on, pitch in. Write to us, um, be part of the change that you'd like to see. And we are dynamic. We're gonna beat this all together. With this being said, thank you everyone. I'm Dr. Back, welcome to the office
7: thank it you so great. much thank you very much Thanks. for being a part thank you guys yeah thank see you, you all again you. time always flies so fast
6: well, yeah, some, and some it's of you guys now. have to go to bed right <laughs> I'm getting
1: late huh?
12: <laughs> i'm living right here now and i don't want to miss out is this what life's all so